the path doesn't have to be straight. We have a lot of information that we can Value courage. You're listening to the We Get Real AF podcast, exploring the future with trailblazing women and girls in emerging tech, XR, AI, and futurism. Science and technology are reshaping our world at lightning speed. Engage in conversations that'll spark your curiosity and challenge what you thought possible. Inventing tomorrow starts now. And here are your hosts, Vanessa Alava and Sue Robinson. Hey everybody, today we're looking at the world of e-commerce and meeting the woman who started the innovative and wildly popular home decor website, One King's Lane. Susan Feldman became a tech entrepreneur at the youthful age of 53. Now she's launching Get in the Groove, an online social platform for midlife women to shop, learn, connect, and celebrate the second half of their lives. Welcome, Susan. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Welcome. No big deal to all of those accolades, right? (laughs) (laughs) You are a very accomplished lady. Thank you. Thank you. So take us back before we go into what you're doing now. You have a great story and you have a lot of spunk and chutzpah and determination. And so we want to know how you started your career. I know you started uh, with a very successful career in retail. So kind of take us back and tell us a bit about your backstory. Um, I come from a retail family. When I graduated from college, I went straight into a retail training program and spent really the majority of my career uh, running sales and marketing organizations for apparel companies. And uh, I guess, gosh, 15 years ago now, we moved to Los Angeles because my husband, Bob, had a great opportunity. So we picked up and moved out here. And um, I was still working in the apparel industry. I was you know, consulting for uh, a t-shirt company and was exposed to, you know, at the time, which was a new, uh, a new something, which was flash sales and got pretty excited about it. I participated in one of these events and I could see the velocity that they, how fast they were selling things. And I became really intrigued with that model. So, you know, marry that with, I was also, uh, living in a house for the first time, I'd really spent my adult life in an apartment and became really home obsessed, whether it was decorating it or entertaining, anything that involved the house, I was like completely obsessed with. And I was busy and I didn't really have time to run around. And so I thought, well, the people that were doing flash sales at the time were only doing apparel. I thought, well, why not do something at home? Because that's where my interests were at the time. And that was sort of the where the idea, you know, kind of came from. So I guess, you know, it's like um, the great ideas come out of, you know, what they say necessity is the mother of invention, right? So uh, I was looking for something that didn't exist. So I thought, well, I'll just create it. <laughs> um, I love that. So do yeah. I. And, you know, it was interesting because um, it took me a while. Like, I really, I thought about it and sort of marinated on it for about a year until I finally was ready to either do something, which was, you know, try something, find a new job uh, or actually go and launch this business. And, you know, as I've said many times before, my husband was super supportive and he said to me, well, I think if you think this is a good idea, I think you should do it. Cause like, what's the worst that could happen? You know, we'll manage how much, you know, we invest in it, et cetera. 
Um, and you know, that would be great if you do that. And if you don't do that, then please do me a favor and just stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) That's our cut bait, honey. Exactly. That that was what I call kind of my push into the pool. You know, it's like, he's like either, you know, do it or, you know, be quiet. So I did it. (laughs) It's so happy you did. Yeah, me too. Love Von King's Lane, and I also love this new venture we're going to talk about. But before we get into that, what inspired you to start a tech company for home decor rather than a bricks and mortar, uh, not even having a tech background? So let's cover that. Yeah, I think, you know, um, it was interesting. I just felt like that was where everything was moving, you know, at the time. I mean, clearly e-commerce was something that was out there, but it was new and it was where there was a lot of excitement. And uh, this flash sale model was basically like a sample sale online. I mean, that's the easiest way to describe it. It was, you know, great products, limited time, limited quantities. And so I thought that seemed like a really fun thing to do and that it would be different and innovative and um, just felt like it was kind of where the the trend was uh, going. So explain to us the process in, okay, I'm going for this. How did you put your team together? Um, you know, it's so funny because after we launched One King's Lane, people would say to me, how'd you do that? And I'd say, you know what? How the hell did you <laughs> That is keeping it real. I love it. <laughs> I mean, it's honestly, it's the truth. I think, you know, when you come up with something, and I don't know, this happens all the time, but you get an idea and you're excited about it you just put blinders on and you figure out how to make it work. And that was kind of how we did, you know, I ended up partnering with a woman named Allie Pincus. That was a whole other story. We became partners after knowing each other for six weeks. So that was a huge leap of faith. She brought to the table skill sets and connections that I didn't have. And I had other connections together. It made a really good team. And, you know, we just kept sort of pushing through until you know, we found ways to make it work. And I'm not necessarily going to tell you that the way we launched was the best way. And if I could have gone back and done it, you know, in a calm, organized manner, I might have done it differently. But we, you know, we just, we just figured it out each step along the way. And also the other thing was we did this during the height of the 2008 recession. And so I think there were certain let's just say opportunities that presented themselves to us that might not have otherwise have been there, whether it was deals we were able to make the cost of certain things that we, you know, what it costs us to do certain things. So we took as much advantage of that as we possibly could as well. That's a lesson learned ladies or anybody who else is listening. We're going through a pandemic. We're going through a weird time right now. So that should inspire you to start that thing, whatever that thing is. (laughs) Absolutely. I will guarantee you there will be so many new businesses that will come out of this this time period. I mean, I, I keep asking myself, like, wh- what's missing? What are people need? What are, what are people looking for now? Because the, there always are opportunities that present themselves during challenging times. You know, it feels like the world's coming to an end or that it's like, how could anybody start a business at, you know, these times? But there's always opportunities for sure. And I love that you focused on the opportunities. When we were uh, offline just a second ago, Vanessa and I were talking about how women, people in general, always come up with ideas or they always notice, oh, that would be a great business or the world could use this. But very few people actually put the rubber to the road 
and act on it and start a business. So did you have any fear? Did you have any anxiety? Are you just the kind of person who just goes balls to the walls and does it? Or did you push through the fear somehow? And how did you do it? Um, I think just making that initial leap to say, I'm doing this, right? That that was the hardest part, honestly. It was, you know, that was the, I think that's, once you make the decision, you're going to do it, then you're committed, then you're in, right? So you're in like 200% and you're going to do everything in your possible power to make whatever that is come to life and be successful. I think once we started, we just went, you know, uh, like I said, blinders on and just, we said, okay, here's what we need to do. we got to move really fast because somebody had given us, which was really great advice that, you know, um, first to market and we would be first to market if we, you know, move quickly, often succeed and, you know, second to market does pretty well. And after that, it's really catch as catch can. So just in our head, we just were like, oh my God, we have to run because there were other people who were already set up to do these type of sales. So we we literally formed our LLC in November 2008 and we launched One King's Lane the third week of March 2009. So it was not even six months. It was like five months that we went at this. And um, we were really fortunate. I think, you know, the timing was really good. I think we had a great idea. I think we executed well. Uh, we filled the need in the market. And the minute that we went out, we it, the business took off. So, like, I didn't have time to be scared. <laughs> once, once it launched, I was like, okay, like, you know, how, how, how fast, how fast can we run? How big can this get? Like, cause it was growing really, really fast. So, um, I think it was, you know, something that a lot of people don't ever experience, but I mean, we were doing, uh, before, I think it was in like the fifth or sixth month, we were generating a million dollars in sales and wow. we were like five people. <laughs> That's amazing. That's incredible. So I've got a question. So you did this, you know, later in your life, which is awesome. Yeah. Looking back, would you change anything about that? Would you go back and do it younger? And if not, what were the benefits of you doing it now in this stage of your life? I happen to be fortunate that in I think most of the positions that I held throughout my career felt very uh, entrepreneurial anyway. So I, I think I had that spirit inside of me anyway. You know, if I started out as a buyer in a department store, you know, I was running my own, what they call open to buy. So I had a budget and it was my responsibility to create whatever that category was, the excitement, things like that. So I had that sensibility really from the beginning of my career. Um, yeah, would I have loved to start a business earlier? Sure. You know, like it's amazing. Um, but I think also waiting to, you know, do it at 53, I, you know, I had a lot, I had a lot of experience then also. So I saw things maybe differently than a 25 year old entrepreneur would see them. And would it have been, you know, the ultimate success that it was also, that's what mm -hmm. I think because of your experience. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I think that, I mean, I, yeah, if I think if I start trying to start something in my thirties versus in my fifties, sure. It would have been completely different. Um, and, um, 
you know, once I did it, it, it is, it's like a bug, you know, you just, you can't, I constantly, I'm constantly thinking about, oh, that would be a good, oh, that would be an interesting business. <laughs> yeah, right. And so you have moved on and now you are, you've started in the groove, right? Yes. yes. And tell us what motivated you to do that and what your vision is, what you hope to achieve with this new platform. Yeah, so gettingthegroove.com is really a lifestyle destination for what I call age-defined women. So it really is um, has evolved over the last year and a half to be my take and my curation on what I think is cool and what I think is important for women of a certain age to you know be exposed to or know about you know uh, as they enter the second half of their life. And I think what had happened is I had a couple things um, happen to me. People that I knew posted things that made me realize that a lot of women in this demographic were not feeling particularly great about themselves. And I wasn't feeling that way at all. And so I started digging in and asking questions to people and also looking around online to say, you know, digitally, who's serving this demographic? And I couldn't really find any place that, you know, I was subscribing to, or I was hanging out. I just, there was nothing that felt modern and cool and kind of, um, had the sensibility of how I was feeling. I felt like my friends were feeling. And so then when I dug in, I realized, wow, this is a huge demographic. This is, this demographic is, uh, second to the size of millennials. They have owned like 70% of the wealth in this country. They're super shoppers. They're shop to there's shop 250% more than any other demographic and being completely underserved. Like nobody's talking to us. Nobody's catering to us. No, I mean, you're starting to see this start to change, but when I really started thinking about this, you know, they're just, it just, you were not seeing older women portrayed unless it was in like a Viagra ad and she was sitting in a bathtub holding hands with, you know, like her spouse or something not at all how I see myself and all these other women that I was talking to. And so I wanted to create, um, get in the groove as one, a way to keep women informed so they could stay in the groove because I have a whole hypothesis of what happens to women kind of at this mid age, which is a lot of stuff is going on physically, mentally, emotionally, professionally. And there's a part of their brain that's trying to deal with all this that they kind of check out and our world is moving and changing so quickly right now that if you check out for a week, you know, you're like behind, you don't really know what's going on. And so I felt that if we could have create a platform where we're constantly, you know, telling people about cool brands or, you know, maybe these are acronyms that your kids might be using, or here's a video of how to put a GIF into your Instagram story. Oh, what is Instagram story? I mean, I know these things sound kind of crazy, but the, you know, you're dealing with a different group of people, but this would allow them to participate in the conversation, stay engaged and be in the groove. So that, that was really kind of what the thinking was behind it. The bigger picture around it is like, we need to change the conversation around ageism. I mean, that's really the, the, the bigger one. I'm not taking such a hardcore, serious approach to it. I feel like if you can start to change people's perceptions of who we are and what we look like and what we're doing and the kind of things that we're involved in, you can also start to change that conversation. Absolutely. So where is the rule that says all of a sudden when you hit 40 or 50, 
now you're aging and now you're going to be defined by that. I think it's a bit of a hangover, right? From like our probably our mother's generations, our grandmother's generation. And I think we're really, you know, like we're blazing the frontier. Like there, there has not been a generation yet that has dealt with kind of what we're dealing with and how, you know, we're, we're physically more fit. We're more engaged. We're doing more things. I mean, it's just, it's a completely different world and there's nobody in front of us to look to, to say, oh, that was a great example of what or how we should be doing. So we're kind of blazing the trails, I think, for actually the generations behind us. And, you know, when you think about it, if you get turned 50, I mean, you're really kind of only halfway there, right? That's like you're hit the midpoint. So um, to think that like you're being disregarded or discarded or <laughs> it's ridiculous. No matter who you are, where you come from, what age, what color, what Democrat, like forget all of that. We're here to like empower each other. And it really is now's the time. And we're here looking at Miss Susan Feldman. I'm talking about a fabulous, badass woman. Absolutely. I go to her, I go to her in the groove, get in the groove website. And you have everything from how to keep fresh with your style and fashion and then health and wellness and what vibrator to, to buy, you know, top 10 vibrators to buy at this age in your life. I mean, that is cool. And that's keeping fresh because you're like you said, you're halfway there. You're not dead. You're still feeling right. things. You're, exactly. still, you're exactly. still a woman and you want to feel sexy and beautiful. Exactly. And nobody was talking about these things. I mean, I know what I talk about with my friends. Okay. So I know that like, you know, this is this is a whole topic of conversation and maybe somebody's too embarrassed to ask their friends about it or something like that. So we just bring it, you know, um, you know, try to bring it front and forward and help with it. I mean, the other thing is like all of a sudden I got barraged with, there's a ton of new telemedicine companies out there that are dealing only with menopause, which is kind of amazing. Because if you go to your gynecologist for a checkup, a lot of times they don't even have time, one, to talk to you about you know, what you might be going through or two, according to a lot of doctors I've talked to, they really haven't been trained on what happens. And so there's all these telemedicine um, companies popping up. I said, we got to do a roundup of this. Like it's, you know, we need to let people know that this is out there. This is like fantastic. Like I wish this existed 10 years ago or whatever. Hey everybody, Sam McLean here from Inphase Audio, audio producer and editor for the We Get Real AF podcast. I'm so glad to be a part of this podcast, encouraging women and girls to step into emerging technologies and celebrating the accomplishments of those who do. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at McLean Sounds or check out my website, inphase.biz. Thanks for listening. So what would your advice be to other women who want to start something in midlife? I mean, you know, whether it's found a company or change careers. I mean, what are your learnings and your lessons from having done this? Because you kind of made it up as you went along, right? You just said, I'm going to do this and you figured it out. What would your advice be to somebody else who's on that path? Yeah. So I think one, you do have to somehow, if, if it's a business you're starting, do some sort of investigative work to see is there really like a need out there for whatever this great idea is i mean this happens to me and has happened for a long time i'll come up with an idea and i think it's like the greatest idea i live with it for two weeks i'm like hey you know what that wasn't such a good idea 
So I think like there's nothing is a hundred percent sure, but I think you have to, if you're going to start something, you should feel pretty darn good that it's a good idea and that there's a need for it and that you can fill a need in the market someplace. I do think talking to people and networking and all that kind of stuff, it really does. It is helpful. You have to be honest with yourself. Like I'm comfortable, like either, you know, bootstrapping this and losing this much money or I'm not. And so I'm going to go raise money, which means I'm comfortable having investors and you need to try to understand that. So like, it's really, I think education and trying to be honest with yourself about how much risk you're willing to take on. Mm -hmm. And I think that all the things you just listed are true, no matter what stage of life you're at, actually, you know, it's just being, if you're going to make a change, being smart, thinking it through, getting comfortable with the risk that you're taking, communicating that to your partner if you have one, and then then actually taking the step and doing it. So, Yeah, and then I think you get to a point, I mean, you could keep talking to people. Like, And actually, you know, it's interesting. When I started getting the group, I probably should have taken a little time off, and I didn't. So we sold the company, and I went, I said, oh, I have this idea. I'm going to do this. But I needed to like replenish and reset a little bit, which I didn't really realize until a year later after I took 8 million meetings talking to people, but I felt like I wasn't moving forward at all. So I think you do reach a point where you're like, okay, I can continue talking to people, but now I'm going to go like make this, make this happen. Now I'm going to go do this. I have a question regarding... Um market, what are your findings and learnings with people within that demographic using technology for their information to consume content? Yeah. So, uh, you know, when it comes to technology, she's just not as up to date as like a millennial. And, um, but she's, she's into it. And, you know, like when we started, this demographic was the biggest and the fastest growing demographic on Facebook, but I really felt strongly that she was coming to Instagram. And so we've invested, you know, time in building our, you know, our presence there. I mean, we still, of course, are on Facebook and and do all that. We have much higher engagement now on Instagram. So she has come over. So it's been interesting. We're trying to be very patient. We try to understand that it's just not second nature and try to be, you know, informative as well. So how do you monetize a platform like Get in the Groove? How does that work? So we're a small scrappy team. I did not raise money for this venture. So we've been really focused on um, the affiliate sales piece of it. So basically the idea is that as we curate product and, you know, whether it's clothing or uh, beauty, I mean, those are the two biggest ones. If you click on a link that, and it says this all over the site, this is like something that we're hiding. It, uh, through what's called an affiliate platform, it will take you directly to whether it's J. Crew or you know Bloomingdale's or Net-A-Porte or Container Store, whatever it is that we're doing, One King's Lane. And then if you uh, buy that item, we get paid a commission. And what are your goals for? Like, where do you hope this leads? Do you, do you have a vision for where you want it to go? You know, I mean, like my big vision is like, I do think like it would be great to try to, you know, build the brand out more and actually, you know, build some of our own products and things like that. We've done some collaborations already that have been really fun. And part of the reason I love doing this because it gives me the opportunity to one present product that I think is something that she'll really love. But also we did photo shoots with like 
20 different women that were all in the demographic and it was fantastic. So it like, I feel like if we can get to that where we keep at least start doing collaborations, we gives us another opportunity to show women the way they should be shown and the way we look. And then hopefully it builds into, you know, our own bigger product platform. I love everything that you're doing to, to just bring these women out into the light of day, women in midlife, and to show how cool they are and how important their voices and their pocketbooks are. All right, Sue. All right. Take off our lightning round. Yes. Finish this sentence. Women are? Women are fantastic. Love that. They can, they can do everything. What are three pieces of advice you'd give your younger self? Um... I would give my younger self, I would tell my younger self, start my own business sooner. Um, stay focused and keep things simple. What inspires you? I am inspired actually by, I think, well, my three kids and my grandkids and the you know future generations that are coming along. What do you wish to learn more about, Susan? Everything. <laughs> Hashtag everything. 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 Uh, Yeah, I I, I really do. Describe the future in one word. Fast. Everything's getting faster, it feels like. That's scary because it feels fast now. It is getting faster, too. (laughs) All right, Susan, last last exercise. Fill in the blank. Blank like a girl. Think like like a girl. I I think women just think differently than men. And I think that it, the way they think is awesome. I agree. I agree. Susan, uh, you, this has been fantastic today. Tell us how our listeners can find you, can find Get in the Groove, uh, both personally and you know your business. Yes. Yeah, so um, please come and check out our website at getinthegroove.com and sign up for our newsletter. Uh, we send out a newsletter three times a week. It's really fun, like short, like just it's a great break in your day. Uh, and we're on social at Get In The Groove One uh, on Instagram and Facebook. And I think we do a really, I think anybody would enjoy following us. Like it just really lots of fun, different things that we do there. And uh, you can find me at Susan K. Feldman on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of We Get Real AF. We're excited to bring you the voices of amazing women and girls who are shaping the future for good. Please help us spread the WeGraph mission of supporting women and girls in emerging tech and science. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is at WeGetRealAF. And visit our website at www.WeGetRealAF.com. Don't forget to like, comment, and to subscribe to the podcast. We also want to give a big shout out and thanks to Sam McLean for providing sound production for the show. You can find Sam on Instagram at McLean Sounds, that's M-C-L-E-A-N-S-O-U-N-D-S, and to our voiceover artist, Veronica Horta, for her show introduction. You can find Veronica on LinkedIn by searching for Veronica Horta, H-O-R-T-A. We'll meet you back here next time for another great conversation about high tech with cool women.